Let us pray. God of love, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. In the name of the creator and the savior and the sustainer. Amen. Right now, in the forests surrounding Mexico City, there are around 303 million monarch butterflies. They're hibernating, essentially, escaping the cold up north. They hang from the tree branches like clusters of grapes, packed into just 14 acres of protected monarch sanctuary. Their journey, like the journey of so many migratory animals, is harrowing. Here in the Chicago area, we'll begin to see monarch butterflies migrating up from Mexico in May. A whole group of butterflies will stick around through the summer, pollinating and laying eggs before they migrate nearly 2,000 miles down to Mexico City. The most impressive part of this story, though, is that the butterflies that arrive here in spring are not the same butterflies who leave here come fall. Because monarch butterflies have such short lifespans, the fall migrators are actually several generations removed from the springtime migrators. They're generations apart, but remarkably, they're still able to find their way home. So come fall, they will embark on a journey with a mysterious end. They'll fix their compasses on a place they've never been using the sun and a handful of internal pre-programmed biological guides, they set their sights on the south and embark on a wilderness journey. In our gospel text for today, Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist. The heavens are torn apart. The spirit descends like a dove. God's voice comes down from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. And then, wasting no time, Mark writes, and the spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. This is pretty classic Mark. Long-winded, he is not. But brevity aside, Jesus finds himself in the wilderness for 40 days with Satan and jackals and lions and the comfort and care of the angels. And perhaps like the generational memory of the monarch butterflies, he remembered the Israelites 40 years of wilderness journeying where they lived each day fully dependent on mercy and manna. Time spent in the wilderness serves an important function in the Old and New Testaments. It's the place where people go to receive instruction from God. Hagar and Ishmael, after being cast out by Sarah and Abraham, hear from God in the wilderness. Moses receives the Ten Commandments in the wilderness. But the wilderness is also a gritty and challenging place. It isn't for the faint of heart. It's the place where the rubber meets the road. It's the place to wrestle with God and then reemerge, like Jacob limping but somehow also restored. My sister Riley is an avid backpacker and she had been dreaming of hiking the Pacific Crest Trail for years. 
The PCT is a trail that spans from the US-Mexico border to the US-Canada border. And a few years ago, she finally got the chance to do the hike. She spent five months in the literal wilderness, mostly by herself, but she met lots of other hikers along the way. One quirk of the PCT is that all these hikers are given a trail name that they use as they walk. And it's different from their normal name, and it's always bestowed upon you by another hiker. You can't just pick your own. So anyway, one of the people that Riley hiked with, her trail name was Pouch, and they hiked together for quite a while. They shared stories and freeze-dried hiker snacks, and when Riley finally finished the hike, she told us her friend's story. Pouch was solo hiking through the desert portion of the PCT down in Southern California. The desert was so, so hot by midday that Pouch decided, as many hikers do, to rest at the hottest part of the day and hike in the cooler early morning and evening. So she got up super early, well before sunrise. She hiked, then she rested. She started up again. But as she hiked, she began to realize that she was falling behind schedule. And at this rate, she wasn't going to make it to her planned campsite before sundown. She really didn't have any other options. So night came, she switched on her headlamp and she kept on walking. She soon realized though, that she was not alone on the trail. When she swung her head around to check behind her, she saw two pairs of glowing cougar eyes staring back at her. It's not too uncommon for night hikers to be followed by cougars and thankfully Pouch knew what to do. She kept walking slowly with her eyes fixed straight ahead at the horizon line. Any sudden movement and the cougars might think she was prey. So putting one foot in front of the other, she kept walking through the night. And she made it. She made it to sunrise. The cougars gave up on her. She lived to tell the tale. Now I've never met Pouch, but if I do, I have a burning question for her. What were you thinking about as you walked through the night? All those miles, what kept you going? The psalmist writes, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Do not let me be put to shame. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth. This is a psalm for the wilderness and the wild beasts. This is a psalm for walking slowly, one foot in front of the other with eyes fixed straight ahead. And when the journey is long and the way is unclear, the psalmist prays for a compass, a map, a guide, a way through the wilderness, an end to journey towards. Today is the first Sunday of Lent. 
this season each year where we prepare for the mystery of Easter. We often talk about Lent as a journey through the wilderness or a journey to the cross. We give ourselves this endpoint. We fix our eyes on something up ahead. The migrating butterflies, they set their internal compasses to Mexico City. Pouch set her internal compass on the horizon line. And you have each done this too throughout your life, through your own wildernesses, through cancer or COVID, through stressful seasons at work or school, or the loss of someone you love dearly, you too, in the midst of your own wildernesses, have set your sights on new futures or sanctuary or things to come. Theologians and philosophers, they call this the telos, an end to journey towards. And these theologians and philosophers have spent quite a bit of time discussing telos as it relates to humans. What is the end that humankind journeys towards? What is the telos of humanity? And unsurprisingly, these great thinkers disagree. Aristotle said that the ultimate telos of human life was happiness. And this sounds nice, the pursuit of happiness. I just want you to be happy. But can that really be it? Can reaching happiness really be the completion, the end goal of all of human life? There has to be more. Augustine, a man of deep and abiding faith, of gritty wilderness faith, he believed that the telos of humankind is to love God that the love of God is our end to journey towards, our Mexico City, our horizon line, that fixing our sights on God, we can lead lives filled with happiness and deep gratitude and true meaning and unfailing love. And friends, this is the gift of Lent. We're given a time each year to reset our compasses on God, on the cross, on the empty tomb, on Easter morning, Practically speaking, this compass setting can take so many different forms, and these forms can change from year to year. For some, setting the compass this year means grappling with sin in its individual forms or maybe in its collective, communal, societal, systemic forms, repenting and educating and advocating. Perhaps this year for you, setting the compass means simplifying your life, giving something up or eliminating distractions in order to better focus on God. Or maybe setting the compass means beginning something new, exploring a new and different way to encounter God, adopting a daily prayer practice, getting in a new habit. Or this year, Setting the compass might mean creating space for silence and stillness, listening or discernment, quieting the noise, calming the body. In Lent, we turn, we recalibrate, we reorient, we look beyond the wilderness and we find our telos, our completeness in God. We walk with Jesus through the desert, praying the words of the psalmist. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. 
lead me in your truth and teach me for you are the God of my salvation. Amen.